Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Terrace Inn in Petoskey, Michigan haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. My job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat, and that's Rebecca. How's it going? It's going okay. It's going okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, I really had a lot of fun doing that for Dearborn. Um, and then, you know, over at uh, Ghostly X, we had uh, Austin, your brother, mm-hmm. and Kobe, and he told a story that actually... I'm glad that I don't have to debate him on Ghostly X because <laughs> I don't know if I could. Yeah, no, Kobe is my future brother-in-law and he, I had no idea that he had any paranormal events yeah. in his background and it was just kind of like, oh, hey, like, do you have any ghost stories? And he's like, well, my father lived in a haunted house mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he just had these stories that were great. Yeah, but the one though. The one is like, it's like a story we tell here, but like we don't know the person. Yeah. So it, anyways. I uh, actually think it's beyond the stories that we tell here more than any of the psh. ghost stories of any of the places that we've done. Yeah. No, it's it was it was great. Yeah. Um yeah. And then I've just been uh out in the garden a lot. Oh yeah. So Well, um let's just get into it. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So, um we are going to be talking about um Petoskey, mm-hmm. um which is in Michigan. It is up by the uh like if if Michigan is a is is a mitt, it's at the top of the mitt. Mitten is, mitten, I think, usually yes. what they say. But, or why why did I say mitt? I don't know. Well, it could be a mitt, like a baseball <laughs> mitt. I don't I know. I guess it could be, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> the, conceptually, we get yeah, it, yeah. right? Be like by the pinky? Yeah. Or maybe like the ring finger? Yeah, but I mean, it's not in the upper peninsula, which is, you know... No, a, that yeah. is, that's not part of the hand. No, it's not part that's of the hand. It's above the hand. That's the snow that's on top of the hand. Right. Yeah. Um, and Western Michigan. This is um, Terrace Inn. Terrace Inn, yes. which is a hotel mm-hmm. up in that area. Uh, it's been around for over a hundred years, mm-hmm. and it's been a hotel for that whole time. Yes, and um, you know, it it looks like an old Victorian kind of style building, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no ghosts there. There are a lot of ghosts what? there. No. One of the most haunted places. Uh, in in the world, I'm gonna say the world, but I will, I will say in Michigan and especially Western Michigan, they say. But honestly, of places that we've researched, you know, I I'll, I'll often go out right and I look at the lists. Yeah, top most haunted hotels, you know, I don't know whatever, and then oftentimes we're disappointed, right? Yeah, like we yeah. actually go to research it, and all it is is like two stories that don't even have any anything. Yeah. This is not one of those. Whoa. This is not okay. one of those. I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be too, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Well, we're just going to go ahead and just jump into the episode. Um, so there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. You know, Rebecca, I always really enjoy the five-star reviews, mm-hmm. but I will take any and all reviews. I will read them online. All right. Or we will read them online. You bet. Uh, the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar, and we have a lot of different tiers to choose from. There's even a $1 tier. 
There know? is. Uh, and, you know, it's it doesn't cost that much to even get uh, Ghostly X and then you keep going yeah. higher and there's even more fun stuff like uh, monthly meetings with us. Yeah, online. absolutely. That, so that's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Uh, so check out Patreon. Yeah. And um, we did get one review, though. All right. And uh, do you want to read it? Sure. So this says, just started listening Yeah. Uh, from uh, Custom Cleaners. <laughs> I uh, like that. I like that. Five stars. Yeah. Uh, a friend recommended this podcast. So glad she did. Love it. So thank you to the Aww. friend and thank you to the person who uh, went online yeah. and gave us a review. And thank you. Yeah. Custom Cleaners. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Custom un- underscore cleaners. Yes. I don't know if the <laughs> underscore matters in there. All right, so I do have some listener mail. Okay, great. Um, but I am going to start off with just a call. If you have any listener mail, we need yes. it. Okay, yes. We're kind of running low on listener mails. Uh, and again, you'll see from this one, it doesn't need to be like some big fancy no. story. No, and I won't debate it. No, and it could even be something that you thought was paranormal, and then you found love out it those. wasn't. I love those. Those are fun. I love them too. Yeah. So we just, we love to hear your stories. So uh, we'll talk about how you can send those to us after I finish reading it here. Okay. Um, so this is from Shirley Ann. Shirley Ann. And she is a believer. Okay. Okay. And her story is uh, when my best friend died at age 14. So Aww. sad. Um, she came. It reminds me of a movie that we can't talk about. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, she came to me in a dream. Oh. My bedroom was bright white, and she walked in. I said, you're dead. Confused. And she replied, I know. It's okay. I'm okay. And then she asked me to go see a friend of hers to let them know what happened before we went back to school. I didn't really know him, as she knew he wouldn't have been told and wouldn't cope very well. And I did go and see the friend to pass on the message. Wow. That I mean, is, whew. that's a touching story. Um, you know, like I don't even believers, non non believers. When you know, when one of your friends dies, especially when you're that young, mm-hmm. I mean, it is really difficult to process and to deal with. And I think that you know, going on a mission is a good way to deal with that, right? For I, sure, I definitely do. And well, I want to thank you so much, Shirley Ann, for sending that in. And um, it's okay, you're a believer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you um, want to hear your story read on Ghostly, just email it to info at ghostlypodcast.com or you can use our contact us form on ghostlypodcast.com. Which is what Shirley ended. Yeah, she did. I can tell. And another uh, way, which is our favorite way, is to um, send it snail mail mm-hmm. at P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. What if they don't remember any of this, Rebecca? Not a problem. If you just go to ghostlypodcast.com and scroll to the bottom of the page, all of it's right there. Yeah, it's right in the footer. It's right there. On every page. Every page. Yep. All right. So I guess we don't have to do the polls. Of course we have to do the polls. Why? Because we have to find out what happened with Fort Dearborn. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mondo was on. Mondo was on. And I don't know if that skewed any results or affected the results. Uh, I shouldn't say skewed. Should say it did. In- I saw influence. some of the comments. Yeah. It did, yes. <laughs> oh, and by the way, if you want to hear the comments people leave with their vo- votes, the, yeah. the, a lot of times they're super fun. Yeah. We read those uh, on Ghostly X. We do, yeah. We do. So if you uh, want to find out what people are saying along with their vote, yeah. um, come check us out over there. It's one of the fun things we do. Uh, all right. So we had yes... 52.4. What? And no, 47.6. Ooh, wow. That was really close. Really? Yeah, pretty close. I'm going to consider that a win for both of us. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. It was so it was so close. <laughs> All right. So the overall rating, though, where, you know, people can vote to say how haunted they think something is. And unlike, uh, unlike me, you cannot give it a zero. Uh-huh. You can go from one to ten. Um, and it's a 4.76. That's pretty high. That's, yeah, that's right there. I mean, you know, it's hard to get it too much over five. Well, especially when it's, you know, this close to 50-50, you know, to get a 4.76 is pretty good, I would say, mm-hmm. for the hunters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I do have a ghost story. You got a ghost story? I do. Let's get it. Let's get us in the mood for the super haunted hotel. All right. Okay. The creaking just wouldn't stop. I know it sounds crazy, but I swear to you, when I was staying at the Terrace Inn in Petoskey, Michigan last month, I was staying in a room on the first floor. And I woke up at 2 a.m. and just kept hearing something creaking below me. At first, I thought, someone's walking around, the floor's here, super creaky. But this was right below my room, and it just didn't stop. It sounded more, like, rhythmic. Creak, 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 right? Like, it was a pattern. After 15 minutes, I just couldn't take it anymore. Obviously, something was left open, or I didn't know what but I could not sleep with this noise. When I went in the hall, it was muffled, almost gone. So I opened my door again. Nope, still there. So I decided to go in the lobby. I could hear it in there. My room was right by it, faintly, but no source. I realized it had to be below me in the basement. I am not a squeamish person. If something needs to be done, I do it. So I found the door marked for the terrace, some call it the basement, and it's below the first floor. Anyway, I go down there. I expected to see like a window had gotten open and it's flapping or something. Instead, I see a rocking chair rocking with no one in it. And I mean rocking, not just lightly moving, really rocking like a person was in it. I didn't know. I don't know how I did it, but I just said, please stop. I'm trying to sleep. And it did. I didn't really sleep much the rest of the night, but it was quiet. Wow. 
Okay, well, how much of that is real, Rebecca? Well, there is a story that a woman kept hearing a rocking chair or hearing squeaking. Uh And when she went, she saw that it was it was a rocking chair. But the rest is itself. But I mean, yes, I made up, you know. You made it up. I didn't make it up. Just to be clear to those people. I just gave it a little shape. Just gave it a little shape. That's what you're calling it. (laughs) Yes. Do you do that often with your evidence? Not with my evidence, no. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Um, When we return, we will get to the history. Sounds good. Pat. What do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. (laughs) Well, yes, but (laughs) no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. But aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners, and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. Oh. Facts are sponsored by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. And, you know, my favorite part is that he's actually hashtag team skeptic. (laughs) So uh, to find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta. He does a lot of um, public events if you're in the Chicagoland area, mm-hmm. and also you can book him on Zoom, mm-hmm. and he would gladly do readings for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right, so let's get into the Pat Facts here. Are you ready for him? Pat Facts! <laughs> Does that mean you're ready? Yes. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off talking about Petoskey. Yes. So I don't think we've done a Michigan episode before. Yeah, I don't know if we have either. And, you know, it, it kind of surprises me because I've spent a lot of time in Michigan, yeah, and I mean, I've spent a decent amount of time in Michigan, and I've been to Petoskey because... You've been to Petoskey? Yeah, my oh, okay. uh, Austin, who we just were talking about, yeah, yeah. was on Ghostly X. Um, he uh, has lived in Michigan for a very long time, you know, and part of the time in Petoskey, so I've visited him. And I know there's a lot of great haunted places there. Well, I've I've only been more to the southern part of Michigan, maybe a couple times. Yeah, it's closest to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so what would you say about Petoskey? Um, so it is, you know what? It reminds me of any of those kind of touristy areas like Bayview is right next to it too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all part of the same yeah. similar thing, but it's very um, like that shoppies little town. Okay. You know what I mean? But sure. but like pretty small, like or decently. And it's a decent size, but it's it is 
you know, pretty far north. So definitely like the winters are long oh, yeah. and there are is a lot of snow. I know that they shut down a lot of Petoskey during the winter. Right. They Yeah. Just like shutter thing because like whatever. Like this is other side of Lake Michigan. Yeah. They get like so much snow. <laughs> so yeah, it's a yeah. ridiculous amount of snow. Like so they party hard when it's warm. Oh yeah. Well you have to, <laughs> you right? You have to. You get you get Cuz you can't leave the house. Exactly. <laughs> well, Petoskey is the county seat of Emmett County. Okay. Um and is one of the largest settlements within the con- within the county at a population of 5877 according to the 2020 census. And that's up from 2010 at 5,670. My guess is there's a lot of people that live there during the summer months. Yes. That's just a guess, but I'm guessing the population kind of is not permanent population, but it, it goes no, much higher definitely, definitely. during that time. Um, Petoskey is in the northern part of Michigan, as we said. It's the northmost city in Michigan's lower peninsula, mm-hmm. um, You know, which is like the main part of Michigan to most people. Right. Uh, it's located on the southern shore of Little Traverse Bay, and um, it's it's directly across the bay from Harbor Springs. Okay. Uh, it's considered a resort town, mm-hmm. so that's where you get that. You get the population coming in just in like the summer. Mm-hmm. The Little Traverse Bay area was long inhabited by indigenous people, including the Ottawa people. Okay. Uh, not O-T-T, it's O-D. Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa. Ottawa? Odawa? Odawa, maybe. I'm uh, not sure. I oh. thought it was Ottawa. I'm going to trust you on that. Yeah, the name um, Petoskey is said to mean where the light shines through the clouds in the language of the Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the 1836 Treaty of Washington, Ottawa Chief Ignatius Petoska um, took the opportunity to purchase land near the Bear River. Um, Petoska's father was... Antoine Carré, a French-Canadian fur trader, and his mother was Ottawa. That's how they get the Ottawa tribe. Okay. Um, By the 1850s, several religious groups had established missions near the Little Traverse Bay. Uh, There was a Mormon offshoot that had been um, based at Beaver Island, and the Jesuit uh, missionary had been based in L'Arbor Crochet, and... Michelinakic, uh, with a Catholic presence in Harbor Springs, uh, then known as Little Traverse. Okay. So Andrew Porter was a Presbyterian missionary, and he arrived at the village at Bear River, uh, as it was then called, in 1852. Uh, Amos Fox and Hiram Rose were pioneer entrepreneurs who had made money during both the California Gold Rush and Northport selling lumber and goods to passing ships. They always know exactly what to sell at the exact right time. I mean, they're the ones that, that, make, that make it work. Yeah. Uh, in the 1850s, Fox and Rose, they wanted to expand their business interest into Petoskey. Uh, so this was because Rose also earned some income as part of a business partner that extended the railroad from Walton Junction to, to Traverse City. So she knew that things were coming. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like insider trading, right? Well, know? and I mean, as long, I mean, once you know the railroad is coming in, like that's a good investment. Yeah, exactly. So Rose established a general um, merchandise business in Petoskey. 
Rose originally had a business partner named Archibald Butters, um, but they split and Rose officially relocated to Petoskey and in 1873 built the first dock in town. So that definitely brought more people in. Sure. Um, Rose knew that the railroad was going to be extended into the area, obviously. Mm -hmm. How did I know? There you go. So he bought a bunch of land in that area. Rose also bought the trolley cars to enable passenger transportation um, from Petoskey and the Bay Bay View. Wow. Uh, Rose also opened the first general store and lime quarries and the first hotel in the area, which was Arlington Hotel. Um, Also did stuff with lumber and Mm. stuff like that. So basically, if you were going to build a property over there, you had to purchase from Rose. Yeah, hear him Rose, man. He's like, I got my lock on this place. So Rose became the first president of the village. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because everybody had to deal with Rose. Yep. So the area of Petoskey was home to, um, this is a really sad part of the history here. So the area of Petoskey was home to the passenger pigeon birds. Well, Petoskey is known as the place that they made them go into extinction. Oh, great. Yeah. uh, You probably have never heard of passenger pigeons, and that's because they've been extinct for over 100 years. Okay. Uh, Hunters would go up there to kill as many as they could in the late 1800s and early 1900s, killing 50,000 birds daily. One person even claimed to have killed a million birds, and and it earned him $60,000, which was more like a million dollars in today's money. Like, what were they thinking? Again, we still don't always think. I mean, they need food, but, but, you know. Obviously, that wasn't. But to make them extinct, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want a sustainable food source, there's a reason we, you know, not not against hunting and just like you need to be reasonable about it so that you sustain the population. Well, that's why the system that we have now where we have tags and stuff like that is a much better system. There are reasons for it. And actually helps, um, you know, the the, um, animal population grow more. Exactly. Because they can control which animals are, Mm -hmm. you know, in demand and which ones aren't. Right. Petoskey is noted for a high concentration of ancient fossil coral. Um, it's now named the Petoskey Stones. It, de- it designated as the state stone of Michigan. I didn't know you'd have to have a state stone. Uh, every, you know what? Whatever it is. State flower, <laughs> state... Uh, well, uh, look up the state river. stone of Illinois. Oh, that would be interesting. While um, we're doing this. Well, and I was going to say, um, it, uh, on Ghostly X, because, you know, again, we had some people from Michigan. We talked about this, and they... <laughs> They talked about, uh, you know, some people are really into those stones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, The city was the uh, northern terminus of the Chicago and West Michigan Railway. So there's our Chicago connection there. All right. So, okay. Oh, as of... <laughs> As of last year, whoa, last year, Illinois has a new a June ju- almost a year ago, June ninth, wow. two thousand twenty two. Um, Illinois has a new state rock, okay, um, which is Dola Stone, D O L O Stone. Okay, I've never heard of it, and it beat out sandstone and limestone. Ooh, wow, I know that seems a bit. I don't know. I mean, limestone's always going to be my favorite in that. Right? Actually, I like the way sandstone looks more, but as a Chicago native, you got to go with limestone. I guess this is a form of limestone. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. And right. it's it's our bedrock. I don't know. Anyways, like I could I'm sure I could read more. Yeah. So, um 
All of this is during the time when Terrace Inn was opened. It opened in 1911, and um, it was billed as Bayview's newest and most modern hotel. It's one of only two remaining hotels among the resort's 400 Victorian houses and public buildings. The hotel was made to accommodate the growing number of summer visitors to the Bayview. Um, William J. Devil of um, Lebanon, Indiana, and his wife Josephine built the inn and served as the original proprietors. William was a banker and pretty much just bought the hotel for his wife to have something to do. I'll take it. Right? Yeah. The new inn featured such modern amenities as hot water heat, hot and cold baths, and electric lights and call bells. That is pretty cool. Right? It's like the the best place to stay (laughs) That Yeah, it's like the Jetsons there. (laughs) Uh, The dining room offered a full menu with hot things very hot and cold things very cold. Ooh, it's that, that's in quotes I see. Is, <laughs> yes. was, that was like a... That was an advertisement, advertisement for, him. for yeah. him. yeah. Although the interior saw some alterations to meet the changing needs of guests, the Terrace Inn retains its historic character. During World War I, the Red Cross used the inn as a hospital and volunteers wrapped bandages for wounded soldiers. It was referred to as the House Hospital. Now... My thing is, like, instantly you're going to think, well, then that's where all the ghosts come from, right? Mm. Is because it was a hospital during the war. But how many people were actually going in there because this is in Michigan? Yeah, I don't... Coming across the ghost stories, none of them talk about yeah. the the fact that it was this hospital. And I, I'm guessing this was more of, like, a convalescent hospital. Sure. Like, people coming back. But, I mean, even people, you know, that that got injured during the war... Um, they would probably be treated in like New York or something like that right. as soon as they cross over, right? right? If it was that detrimental. By the time they come to Michigan, it's more just like we're just caring for, yeah. you know what I mean? You're not, you're stable. Yeah. And actually, that. you know, um, as far as the history goes, there is um, not many deaths noted to this hotel. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the other hotels that we have, you know, it, there's like a high concentration of suicides or murder. Murder? <laughs> Sorry, like the way you said that. Yeah. It's like a big pause. Murder? Um, so, yeah, I just want that to be noted in this. Yes. That I found that very interesting. Yes. That it is such a... Uneventful history? Uneventful history. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Um, so there was no, there was no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no TVs uh, or Wi-Fi. <laughs> and guests chose the American plan, including all meals, or the European plan, which is a la carte meals, Ooh. and stayed the entire summer, attending all the Bayview had to offer. Wow. So, yeah, you'd summer yeah. there. But, yeah. I mean, now there's modern amenities like oh, Wi-Fi sure, and stuff sure. like that. Though I did notice the one video, which we'll talk about later, yeah. but in that one video, it was like nighttime, and they like they had the windows open in the hallway. Which yeah. makes me think like it was one of those nights where you could have the windows open. I don't yeah. know. Well, it's I mean, interesting. it is upper, you know, Michigan to us, um, not the UP, but as close to the UP as you can get. So, I mean, it is a little bit cooler up there. Sure. Especially the nights, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have anything to add to the history here? No, I'll talk a little bit more about just kind of the overview of the ghosts a little bit 
okay. the ghosty history. There are there are not many many stories. It's a lot of paranormal happenings. Okay. But well, anyways, but as far as like general history, no, I don't have anything okay. um, else to add. So we'll, I will we'll, say I'll that as far as like the history goes for a hotel, I usually try to include like famous guests and stuff. Mm. I could not find any famous guests that stayed at, at Terrace Yeah, Inn. there's some hotel where Hemingway stayed at, but I don't believe it was the Terrace Inn. It Maybe was, it was the Ar- Arlington. I think, yeah. There, there's Because there are a few resorts like this, yeah, you know, yeah. and they're all very close together. Well, now there's only two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not a really a resort anymore. It's no, more it's more like a, a hotel. An inn, yeah. you know, like a smaller, yeah. But they do have a nice restaurant there, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, so, it's really nice. It's called I would, the 1911? Yes. I would definitely yeah. stay there. Just okay. Even with all of the activity. Yeah. Would you stay in like the uh, 200 ho- uh, rooms? 211? Or 214? Or 214 or 303 <laughs> or any of the list of scariest rooms. I actually think I would. Like, unlike, like, Again, I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead, but just in general, there while there are lots of paranormal stories, um, none of them are malicious. They're yeah. they're they're again just as the the history doesn't have a lot of like super negative to it, the ghost stories don't either. So, um, you were telling me that like most of the ghosts are on one side of the hotel. Correct, the is right there, side. Is there a particular reason for that? I guess it's the older part oh, okay. of the hotel. Okay. It's where the, the original was. I think there, there's been some rebuilds or rebuilding or remodeling throughout the years. And this was something maybe, or maybe it was whatever was there before it was a hotel. I don't know. Like, but I was, couldn't find anything to what it was before. It yeah, was it wasn't real clear. But anyways, basically everything paranormal happens on the right wing. The left wing, nothing. nothing. Yeah. yeah. And I will say that the hotel does talk about this, though, too. They do. in mm-hmm. uh, Like on their website. Yes. You can go on there and they talk about like the Halloween season mm-hmm. being especially spooky. They definitely, they let paranormal people in to investigate. Yeah. And they do, um, I don't know if they still do, but even like before the pandemic anyways, they would host a Paracon every year. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And I saw that on the one video that you sent me in the comments, you know, people are like, I'm going to be staying there. And then people would reply back. Are you bringing any form of communications for mm-hmm. the, for, you know, the ghost? Right. So it's like common for you to bring in like EVPs and spirit boxes right. and stuff like they that. They don't like bringing Ouija boards or anything like that. Okay. That has any kind of negative to it. Again, they okay. want to keep it positive. All right. So, Well, keeping it positive, let's go ahead and take a break before okay. we get to the debate. Sounds good. Throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of great people, people that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. 
and it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project, and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show. Rebecca, it's time for a debate. Yes. All right. So I actually wanted to start just to give a little bit of kind of an overview of the ghosts and the just the hauntings. And we already started that a little bit. And then I'll I'll get into some specific evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, So as I said earlier, I wasn't sure about picking this one. And it was a good one. Um, There are literally hundreds of stories of paranormal things that have happened to people. Um, There's a three inch thick binder full of people's handwritten recordings of their paranormal experiences that you can only see if you go there and ask for it. They will let you see it though. If you go to the desk and you say, Hey, can I see the book of people's paranormal experiences? They will show it to you, but I couldn't find any of them online. Like they don't release them. Oh, okay. You have to go there. Um, first I saw something that said there were two ghosts. Mm -hmm. Then I saw something that said three, and then I saw something that said five. (laughs) So I'm and there's now one million ghosts there. (laughs) So the main two, um, so there. This is the story that they Mm -hmm. will tell. Um, and I don't, you know, sometimes it's hard to know if these are real. Um, but that there was a woman here that they called uh, Abby Sweet and her name well but her name was uh, her full name was Elizabeth Abby Sweet she was pregnant with twins when she came there and she um, had a miscarriage and she died while staying there Um, this happened in room 211 her husband Edward came back and died some years later supposedly of a broken heart and room 308 and those um are the like most common rooms. So I think he was in room three. And those okay. are like the most common rooms for reporting ghost experiences. Um, sometimes they'll call again. That the thing about the husband, you know, again, I don't know. They sometimes they'll call him a man in tweed named <laughs> Edward. I don't you so know. So instead of the woman in white, we well, have man in tweed. And then no, Elizabeth is also called the lady in white. Ah, but that's the equivalent. Yes. For yes, the masculine. Right. Is man in tweed. We man should remember tweed. that. Yes, okay. man in tweed. Yes. Uh, and then, so she's been seen wandering the halls, spotted in guest rooms, while the man has been seen, you know, on the balcony, peering into bedrooms. But there's also the basement boy. Oh, the basement boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's a little boy. And he's uh-huh. been seen in, um, you know, something like 12 to 14 years old and supposedly interacts with guests. But only seen his shadow. 
uh, I, I actually, form. you know, they, that's what this one quote I have is. But um, I ha- I have a story from some like, can I could only pick five, but there is um, a story from a, a paranormal investigator who says he saw him on the stairs, okay. like as like a full apparition. Um, so the most haunted rooms, if you're going to go and stay there, are two eleven, two twelve. To 19, 303, and 318. Okay. And this, and we'll talk about this this next thing a little bit later, um, is that they say the second floor landing has a lot of activity. Mm-hmm. And that, as we said earlier, the right side is okay. the, the biggest one. Um, okay. So here is our first story. Um, so Christopher Struble um, is a historian and tour guide. And so when you read all these articles, he's quoted a lot. Okay. Um, and he talked on his podcast um, about an experience that a family member of his had. Mm-hmm. So the couple got married at the hotel, and then they went back to stay there the next year for their anniversary. And while they were staying there that night, in the middle of the night, the wife wake, woke up and swears that she saw a man walking around their bed, which is something we've like uh, similar stories we've heard at other hotels. So it's not just standing there, though, like walking around. So she woke up her husband like, oh, my God, you know, like, protect me. There's a man in our room. And he supposedly did see the man, but then the man went away. And then he was basically like, yeah, we should get out of here. <laughs> like, like, I guess she was kind of like, I woke you up to protect me. And your response is, we need to leave. Um, but anyway, right. so that is the story. So, okay. So I want to go back to some of the stuff that you talked about earlier. Sure. Um, I, I do not see any newspaper art articles for Elizabeth Abbey sweet. So I can't verify that she actually died at this hotel sure. or if there was an Elizabeth Abbey sweet. Right. And we may, there may or may not have been, you know, I mean, if someone died from a miscarriage, you know, I mean, that's tragic. I don't know yeah. if there'd be a newspaper article or not, but yeah. And also I can't find any, um, any mention of Edward Sweet either mm-hmm. in any of the newspaper art articles. So just that's what I'm going to say about that. I, I don't know about the basement boy because I don't have a name to go off <laughs> no. of for that to research who it could possibly be. Um, I will say the the one paranormal investigator that um, I read he uh, or listened to in the podcast as well, he says that the boy and then he also claims there's a couple of um, – uh, maids that uh, are haunted that they didn't die there they just really liked the hotel and had good experiences there yeah. so that's where they came back okay um so okay so then going to your because this piece of evidence has like a lot of different pieces of evidence that are stabbing at me there <laughs> um so the last one um um, the historian mm-hmm. that talks about the family again I don't like it when it is you know, somebody else telling someone's story because then they, you know, they might emphasize something that shouldn't be emphasized or they might not emphasize something that totally should be, um, which changes the story around, right? You would say as an English professor? I mean, this is... If you don't emphasize the right part of the story? Sure. I mean, you definitely, whenever it's not a first-person account... You yeah. know, there you never know for sure if things are getting relayed correctly. Yeah. Um, though in this case, again, the claim is that it's a family member or someone they know well. It's not just like, well, I saw a woman at a 
conference or something and she told me this story like supposedly this is someone he personally knows i mean that only makes it slightly more believable to me it doesn't make it dramatically more believable um you know i don't know the couple's name and i understand that people don't want to always go on the record that they've seen these kind of things but it just leads to like there's not evidence then there's nothing you can go off of where you can uh, validate their claims then. So it's just more, I don't know, it's just more just like a story. It's just like a, just like an old wives' tale then to hmm. me. That's what it amounts to to me for this. So you feel like it didn't happen or that they didn't see what they think they saw? Or that they might have seen something, but I don't know what that thing is gotcha. that they saw. Gotcha. That, that the story could have been changed mm-hmm. because of people, you know, making something more important to them. Sure. Than it was in the actual, you know. Yeah. The actual, um, the actual event itself. So I'm going to have to go one on this one. Okay. Uh, I am going to give this one a seven. Okay. Um, I knew you would. <laughs> no, part of it is, again, this is, uh, you know, I'm giving a specific instance, but there are other stories of a similar thing happening. But let me just say this. Like, first of all, I was a, um, I, I studied these kind of things as far as like criminal investigations and stuff like that. Um, and I did it in a college level too. Uh, crime scene investigation was like something that I, that I did. And all of this is not physical evidence. That's why I always have such a hard time with this is because I want physical evidence. That's what makes me believe. Like if I was in a court of law and I was a lawyer and I was arguing this case, this is not anything that is substantial at all. There's nothing physical about it. There's no proof of anything. Yeah, it's difficult. So next piece of evidence um, is something that we talked about, I mentioned earlier, I should say, and I wanted to give us a chance to talk about it. So it's the Terrace Inn hosts the Little Traverse Bay Parafest in October. Okay. I, again, I don't know if they still do. This was an article from before the pandemic. So, you know, 2014. Before the end times. Yeah, something like that. But uh, uh, anyways, uh, Struble, the guy that we talked about, um, just in the last piece there, the historian. So he hosts it. And he basically asks guests and visitors about their experiences at the hotel like every year, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, I would ask them in groups of two or three. And basically, when six, when 60 people over two years responded with the exact same answer, they all said, we feel a presence at the second and third floor stairwell landing, he said, I thought it was very strange that all of them had the same response. So basically he would talk to like two or three people at a time, like at these conventions over a couple of years and over 60 people gave the exact same answer, which is that um, second and third floor stairwell landing, which we uh, will talk about the specific evidence from it, but that video that I sent you, that's that. Okay. Is that so you can visualize it. So what I would say, though, is this is a really old old hotel, mm-hmm. and they want to keep that look of it being old. Yes. So there hasn't been too many renovations to the particular building itself. There's been some. But- I mean, I think they've upgraded like like the... Like the sinks, let's say, but yeah. the the look is still very so. Yeah. 
what what my thought is that if I was a scientist and I was like, okay, people are reporting this and I want to investigate what this is, my first thought would be maybe it's environmental. And meaning maybe there's like lead in the paint or something like that. In that particular area that's making people get this feeling. There's a lot of environmental reasons why people might feel like that there's some kind of presence. Mm, okay. Yeah, I know there's um oh I forget what that is in the air with the electricity or there's a gas or anyways, I'm yeah, sure yeah. there's a number of things that it could be. It just seems really weird though that like over the years they wouldn't have figured that out or like fixed it or something because that usually makes people feel kind of sick too you would think maybe i mean i just don't know what the concentration would be and stuff Mm -hmm. like that there would be a lot of environmental things i'd want to test out Mm -hmm. also um which i don't think that is the case in here because i saw that video and it didn't look like it but there are some buildings that are made that make people feel that way just the just the construction of the building Mm -hmm. just the way that things are laid out make people feel that way Okay. Uh, if there's like different kinds of angles or something like that can make you feel that mm, way. But okay. I don't think that's the case in this. I think it's environmental and I'm going to go one on this one too. Okay. I'll give it a six. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, it, it is interesting that a lot of people have said it, but you know, it's not necessarily, it, it is hard to know. And it's hard to know if you're in small groups and everyone's talking to each other. Like, is it just people all start saying the same thing, you know? So I, I think it's telling, but it's not quite well, as telling as the more specific I mean, story for me. There are two things that people will always associate with hauntings is being cold mm. and that feeling that something is watching you or something is yeah. there. Um, both of those, though, I mean, could be from other reasons. So mm. that's environmental okay. reasons. Well, now here. OK, so uh, next one. OK. Is environmental, I guess. (laughs) So just kind of going with what you were just saying. So um, there was a comment on the video that we're talking about that I I wanted to mention um, that says, I stayed here two years ago, but I can't remember which room. I actually did have an experience when I was waking up. I felt someone gently shaking my shoulder and felt a blast of cold air. When I fully came to, I noticed the temperature returned to normal. It was pretty cool. I just booked another stay in a couple of months for room 303. Supposedly, that room is known for activity, so I guess we'll see. And there, again, I also, there was a similar comment um, on a TripAdvisor post, but it mm-hmm. wasn't as specific. Okay. So. I read this comment, too, because that mm-hmm. this is the comment on the video that we're going to talk about last. Yeah. Um, all right. So... Um, because you know, you sent me the video and I don't usually like look at the evidence or anything like that, except for the things that you send me. Right. But I'm like, I want to read the comments to see if they have any ideas why this was happening. Mm-hmm. So I did read this and, um, my, uh, my thought always is when you're just waking up, there's that half sleep, half, half like awake kind of feeling that you can get, um, where, Oftentimes people say that they feel something like this or see something like this or have this kind of experience. The cold air is unique to this one, but that can often happen when you're just waking up too. Especially if you're waking up and you, you're moving the covers off of you, yourself, you're going to feel a little bit more cold than typical. So environmental. <laughs> um, so yeah, when he fully woke up, noticed the temperature returned to normal. Um, I like that he thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, again, people, like I said, they don't 
feel um, bad with these experiences. Yeah. Now, I will say that they talk about like a lot of people, because it's kind of like that, was that Overlook Hotel or whatever, we were t- or Stanley Hotel, where people will like show up in like early morning being like, oh, we're checking out. Yeah. Like that definitely happens um, more often than, than you would think. Yeah. Um, but and for the most part, people aren't scared by the okay. things that happen to them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. For this one, the the gently shaking the shoulder, like if it was just the blast of cold air, I wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't have even included this. Um, but feeling like someone's shaking your shoulder, feeling a feeling the blast of cold air. I mean, we all every day go through that with um, waking up and feeling cold air potentially or feeling like it's colder when you take off your blanket. So I would imagine, I mean, this must have been something out of the ordinary for a person to make that comment. But they're also sleeping in a room that they've never slept in. Mm. So given that kind of thing in there, they're not used to the room and how it's situated and like if there is a breeze coming in there, maybe the window's open. I don't know. Mm but I am just going to say this is a not not enough to go off of because it is that half sleep kind of stage mm-hmm. where we've talked about this a lot. And unfortunately, yes, I sound like a broken record when it comes <laughs> to these things. But this is, you know, pretty much the evidence is broken records, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go zero on this one. All right. I am going to go six on this one. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I really like this next one. Okay. So, again, okay, another story from... Um, um, from the paranormal investigator mm-hmm. um, that I was re- reading or listening to. Um, now, I mentioned the rocking chair earlier, um, but this is kind of like... Uh, you did not mention the rocking chair. Oh, I didn't. Earlier. we didn't debate the rocking chair. Did you want to debate the rocking chair? I just thought that was kind of a fun little story, but this is like a more amped up version of that story. Okay, let's do this one then. Okay. So there are stories about the kitchen mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, and so there was a woman who was the, like the baker mm-hmm. at the restaurant, right? And she lived, uh, was staying at the hotel. And I guess she was really stressed because she was trying to make pies and they just weren't turning out the way she wanted. So she just went to bed. Well, three times during the night, she was woken up by like a ruckus of pots and pans, just like bang, bang, bang. And then so she would get up and she'd go into the kitchen and nothing, mm-hmm. like nothing looked out of place. Everything was mm-hmm. normal. And so it happened once, happened twice. And then the third time um, she looked and there she could almost see like a red glow by the oven. And when she went over there, it turns out that she had forgotten to turn the oven off. Okay. So after that, she turned the oven off, went back to bed, didn't happen again. So the supposedly another, like sometimes they'll talk about the male ghost as being a caretaker of hmm. the hotel okay. and that they think that's what was happening here. The man in Tweed is a caretaker and that he was um, trying to get her to notice that the she left the oven on. All right. So because she didn't see what what's causing the noise, it could be anything, mm-hmm. right? Anything. There could be somebody that goes in the kitchen that causes this. And um, you're going to say that that's unlikely, right? But it, it is likely. It, this is like one of those kind of resort places where people spend a lot of time there. And sorry, they might get up in the middle of the night and get hungry. And they might want to cook something for themselves. I would say that this pro- that probably happens from time to time there. Um, not going to say it happens every day, but I'm just going to say that it whatever is causing the ruckus 
doesn't have to be something paranormal. It could be something totally plausible that we just have no idea what it is at this moment. Um, I like the idea that, you know, it was kind of a warning to her, but I don't know, maybe, maybe she was hearing all this because somewhere deep inside she knew that she left the oven on, you know, and this is the reason why she went to go check, but she couldn't figure out what it was. So like when I forget something or when something's on my mind, I can't sleep and I will wake up every hour. And I will hear every noise that I wouldn't <laughs> hear if I didn't have a lot on my mind. So I'm just saying it could be that. I'm going to go zero. Okay. I mean, I think if anything, that that could make sense to that you're just like hearing it and you don't know why. But I don't think anyone was coming in there cooking just because, again, it was that time period of like, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. I open the door. There's nothing. There's yeah. no, nobody there. Nothing's making, you know, you would see mm-hmm. remnants of people cooking or whatever. Um, so to, I don't know. To me, this was I'm not a saying really, cooking. I'm just saying grabbing food. Grabbing food. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but, you know, she was hearing like pots and pans banging kind of a thing. So um, I don't know. This one, I'm going to give this one an eight. I, this was a really believable story to me as they were telling it. Um, and, uh, you know, just seemed it, it was interesting because I, there was like, you know, like during the winter, right? Like people don't really stay there too much. It's just like a caretaker for mm-hmm. the most part. And um, <laughs> he, this was from that person or this was, I, I don't know. I don't know if this was from the caretaker or like someone the caretaker um something the caretaker heard mm-hmm. but um basically they were like yeah nothing happens but then they were like but i did see somebody in the kitchen and i did see somebody over here mm-hmm. it was just kind of vague but then um they brought up this story too so i just thought it was interesting that you know the people that work there do see stuff so so i i will tell you that every year i would go to a lithuanian camp in michigan ah there you go um kind of central michigan um that kind of area it was far enough away it was like six hours from from like chicago so central michigan i would say and um so i stayed at this camp we had our own um barracks this is the a lithuanian camp Mm -hmm. (laughs) where i learned to speak lithuanian (laughs) um and um we we had our own um barracks which barracks (laughs) (laughs) um and um in the middle of the night, there was a couple of times where I got hungry, so I snuck into the kitchen and I stole pudding. <laughs> I don't know if people would do that at a hotel, though. But this maybe. is essentially the same kind of thing, right? <laughs> it's just that they were in different... Like, this is even worse. I was in a different building and went over to the kitchen building Wow! for this. That's pretty brave. Broke into there to steal vanilla pudding. Oh, my. Yeah. I was hungry. Patrick the Rebel. Well, and I had some friends that did it with me too. So. Uh, didn't you have family that worked there? <laughs> My grandma worked in the kitchen. So, I mean, she probably, you probably felt pretty secure that, you know, nothing too bad would happen to you. Like, I just wanted to see my grandma while I was here. <laughs> At three in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I assume she'd be here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I did not feel secure in that any more than I would with anybody else. In fact, I've probably felt less secure because my grandma would have whooped my butt. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead then. We keep talking about this video, so let's talk about this All video. Right, let's talk about it. Jeez, so we'll definitely out. have a link out there. Um, so this is a guy, this was just a few years ago, 2020, I believe, mm-hmm. was staying there. And when the video starts, he was like, oh my gosh, you know, I just um, was it went into this room 
and the door closed on its own behind me. So yeah. I just grabbed my camera and I'm going to set my video camera and let's see if, if it'll do it again. Um, and this is not the room he was staying in. It was a room around the corner. But basically, I think it was room 214 that it happened. In. I think so. Or right across from 214, something I don't like remember. that. 214 was or 211. A, Maybe yeah. it was 214 and it was across from 211, something yeah. like that. But he um, he said basically like, as long as no one's staying in a room, mm-hmm. they leave the doors unlocked and you can go explore. Interesting. So it's kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so anyways, he so it's a it's, you know, maybe 10 minutes or something like that. The video mm-hmm. and the first like eight minutes, nothing happens. Like it's basically like, nope, door's not closing on its own. He and it's wa- him like pleading with the door like, to please open. Please close. <laughs> yeah. Please show me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, he, you know, shows that landing from yes. the second floor up to the third floor. And then he goes up to the third floor. And I will say there's one point where he, show, he like swings the camera around to look down the hallway and down the hallway there's like a like a bookshelf or something but like to me it looked like a person like the silhouette of a person (laughs) i was freaking out for a moment but then i realized it was Mm. just a piece of furniture um anyways so then at the very end he goes back down you know still doesn't do it again and so then he it, it says in the video like so i went i went to sleep so he went back to his own room slept when he got up in the morning he started recording again and he's like okay i'm gonna go in there one more time so he goes back in the room and you can see it's daylight, right? It's, it's later. And so he, he he walks in. He turns around with his camera and he says like, okay, can you close the door? And the door closes. It wasn't that like, like he said, he asked it to close the door several times. Several times. Yeah. It wasn't it like a right away it. thing. It didn't do it and until it this did. one time. Yes. It supposedly did. But um, okay. So... Watching the video, some things, um, it just made me question this. Like, like, and and I actually talked to you about this. Yes. So I kind of gave you what my argument's going to be. Um, but so my first thing is, like, how would a ghost close a door? It would either be like a slamming the door, like mad kind of thing, right? Or it would be so slow because the ghost doesn't have enough energy to push it. It takes a lot of energy, right? Those are my two thoughts. Okay. This was neither of those. Mm-hmm. This was in the middle. Mm-hmm. It was, but it was very smooth. It was not like very a, continuous. Yeah, it was not like you know pushed a little bit, pushed a little bit, pushed a little bit. It was continuous push mm-hmm. to do this. Um, so those things kind of made me like. Like that was odd to me, you know, like I would, I wouldn't expect that from like a ghost. Mm -hmm. So my thought is this, he also walked right by the door, right when that happened too, like right before it happened Mm -hmm. is that maybe the door, um, you know how like wood sometimes can expand Mm -hmm. or contract or something like that. Maybe it, it was at a point where it expanded a little bit and it was touching up against the flooring. And when he walked by, he caused that to loosen up, and that's what caused the just slow drift of the door. So that, I mean, I don't know, or <laughs> either, either that or it's staged. Okay, yep. Those are the two possible I things mm. that I have. I mean, for me, I don't know that I necessarily agree that it's either fast or slow. I feel like there could be in the middle um, with closing it. I think. But it's just not what I would expect. Though. Okay. 
Okay. Is that what you would expect? Yeah, I'd be. Uh, yes, I don't. I mean, it's. I mean, it wasn't that. Like, I mean, we've heard of of poltergeist like slamming doors. This was not that. This was more of like friendly ghost person closing the door for you. Yeah, that is again kind of how how these ghosts are. There, they're just nice, and they just. <laughs> I mean, they're creepy because they'll like stare at you from wherever. But um, in this case, they were helpful. Like, I'm gonna close the door for you, and then it was fun because he's like, "Can you open the door for me to leave?" And they did not. I just want to step outside, and it would be nice if you, <laughs> if opened, you the could open the door. And they didn't do they it. Did not do it. So it's. Not something that could be like recreated. Well, I mean, it kind of was. Again, we don't know because he didn't film the first time, but supposedly yeah. it had happened before and then it happened again. Well, I mean, if this was scientific evidence, mm-hmm. we would not be able to use that first time because it was not filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would just be a coincidence that he said that mm-hmm. versus it happening. So, I mean, I, I just don't think that this is. Like I would have to be there to see what kind of conditions the door was in at that particular time of the year and whatever. I basically I would have to be there to see, mm-hmm. you know, what what happened after the door. Like I would want to look at the door and want to examine that. Gotcha. And I want to see how easy it is to push it open. Mm. That is one thing that I didn't see in the video is him opening the door or closing the door. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how easy they are to open and close. Gotcha. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one on this one too. Okay, uh, I'm gonna. I don't know, man. I my I want to say eight, and then there's a part of me that wants to say nine. Because and then there's a part of you that wants to say like three. No, I'll go eight. I'll be nice because nice. You, yeah, what? you know you can go nine if you want to no, go nine. No, no, I'll go eight because I guess there's you know there's no, maybe a little room in there, but not much. No sweat off my back with <laughs> you saying nine. So I mean, I, this is about uh, the most. I had a convincing piece of, of paranormal evidence that I've seen on video. Like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, and what was good is because, you know, a lot of the articles, and I guess that there's a podcast you listen to, that's this conversation with this tour guide and the paranormal investigator guy. Um, and we'll put all those links, of course, mm-hmm. in the in the show notes. So definitely check those out. Um, but, like, I wanted something that was not from them, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why I had the comment. And then this story you know, uh, or this video um, is a different guy, different time, you know, different situation um, and had this thing happen. So I just thought, you know, man, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So what about your overall rating then, Rebecca? So my overall rating then is 24. (laughs) It's going to be, I think, a seven. Seven. Yeah. I I don't know. Because I know I had some sixes in there and a seven and I had a couple eights. Like it's just... Man, there's just so much um, to this one that I really uh, felt like, you know, I, I need to I need to to share and make it pretty pretty positive, you know. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to go one on this one, and I, you know, I usually use one or two when um when there's not anything I can prove or disprove because. It's vague evidence, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I feel about this is that there's never there's there's not any substantial evidence where it's like, yes, this is what happened, and this is what the ar- argument could be for it. All of these things are elusive, you know they're mm-hmm. just like I can't really put anything to it, so I'm gonna have to go one on this one all right, and just because i I feel bad, I keep talking about it, and then i I wanted to make sure I got the official name out there. It's the ghosts of Northern Michigan past. 
is the, I don't know if it's a full podcast, if it's just a few okay. episodes, whatever. And that's that Christopher Struble and then John Cassidy is Bumps in the Night Paranormal Investigators. And okay. he's the other one that has told um, stories. So uh, anyways, like, you definitely check out the um, the show notes for okay. the good evidence. here. Absolutely. All right. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We're each given one minute of uninterrupted time. Uh, we will time each other on our cell phones because, you know, Rebecca likes to cheat. Hey, hey, hey. So, Rebecca, are, are you ready? I am ready. And away we go. All right. So, like I said earlier, I was not expecting <laughs> this to be as paranormal as it was. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised at all of the stories, all of the evidence. I had to really pick and choose which stories to tell. There were other stories that I wanted to mention, um, but even just with the ones that we have. So we have, you know, um, a ghost waking someone up in the night. We have um, um, the pots and pans, you know, we have a group of people that, um, you know, all kind of say the same thing over a few years time span of where they see the most evidence. And then we've got um, this video evidence of the door closing. And just to me, adding it all up, it's haunted, man. It's haunted. It's haunted These are friendly man. ghosts. They just, they like the place. They want to be there and they like to play. All right. Wow. You finished with five seconds. That's Rebecca. what I'm saying. I don't need, I didn't need the full minute today. <laughs> I don't think that's I'm how haunted either. this place is. I don't think I'm going to need it either. <laughs> all right. Let me uh, get you ready here and go. So it's hard for me to come up with closing ar arguments for this because there's a lot of um, things that are speculation in the evidence here. If this was a court case and you took this evidence into court, would you be able to convict somebody based upon this? And I would say that the only evidence that you really have is the video of the door closing. And that video is up to, is up for debate. There could be possibilities for other things. That's why I'm going no on this one. And you can do whatever you would like, <laughs> but I am just saying that think about it in a courtroom setting. All right. You done? Yeah. Okay. I would just say, you know, the court is of your opinion, and you should go vote right now. Ghostlypodcast.com slash polls. Absolutely. You should. you should vote. Um, we really love getting the votes, too. It really makes this more than just us deciding if it's real or not. Yeah. We're just trying our best to share our thoughts, and uh, really what matters is what you guys think. Yeah. I mean, people get mad at both sides of this. <laughs> um, and the whole thing is, is that we are not the ones that decide. We nope. are just the ones that are, we're the lawyers. Yeah. And that's all that we do is mm -hmm. just argue the case. Yeah. And, and that's it. That's all we do. And it's up to you. You're the jury. Yep. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family. This word of mouth is our best form of ad advertisement, as you heard in the shout out yes, that we gave. Yes, absolutely. In the perfect review, example, perfect example. That is how we get most of our audience yep. is by you telling people, and exactly. we appreciate that a lot. Mm -hmm. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't subscribed yet. <laughs> um, and also, I would like to give a shout out to. Uh, all of our VIP patrons that we consider to be producers of the show. Uh, there's Emily. Alicia. There's Carrie. Becky. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Marisol. Shayla. Cindy. Kevin. Nicole. Darnay. Jessica. Sarah. Linda. Alice. Austin. Aaron. Hope. 
and candy. Uh, on the next episode of Ghostly, we're going to be talking about the Boston University Theater. Ooh. I'm really excited about that. I love theaters. Uh, yeah, theaters are always good. They have great stories. And theaters are usually super haunted, right? Super haunted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it comes out on June 14th, a couple days after my birthday. Yeah. So this is like my birthday episode. It's your birthday episode. Yeah. Um, but until then, stay ghostly. Ghostly.